Hello Convention of States podcast listeners. This is our weekly podcast featuring historic legacy content from our audio archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by this week's episode. At the 2022 Convention of States Reclaiming Liberty Summit, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp speak for the 600 Convention of States leaders in Orlando. It takes people who are willing to be in the public eye and take the heat and take the incoming fire and refuse to back down. It takes heroes, honestly. You know, for Patty and I, we've been engaged in politics now 12 years. We've taken a lot of heat. We've taken a lot of fire. And it's an honor to do it. We do it on behalf of you because we know you're out there doing the same thing that we're doing. You're taking the heat and the fire. And one of the things that we found is it's rare for us to experience, to find a couple engaged in politics at a high level that are willing to take the heat. And it's not that couples aren't willing to take the heat, it's just usually there's one person who's engaged and and the other's doing the support kind of at home behind the scenes. And God bless the spouses that are doing that. But once in a while, you meet somebody where both of them are willing to be in the firefight. Both of them are willing to step up at the highest levels. And this couple have become good friends of ours. They're entirely unique. You might notice a theme, again, relationships and friendships and people who will be in the fire with you. And the thing I can tell you about Matt and Mercedes Schlapp, they become friends of ours. If we call them, they come. If we need their help, they help, and we would do the exact same thing for them. CPAC is the premier conservative event in the nation. Uh, Patty and I were at last CPAC in Dallas. They treated us like royalty beyond anything we could possibly deserve. We owe a great debt of gratitude and thanks to our dear friends, and now your dear friends, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. Who loves America? Who's here willing to fight and save this great country? Well, let me tell you, it's a full-time job, but thank God you all are here. And we are so blessed to be with you and so blessed uh, to be with Mark and Patty, who, as Mark mentioned, really have become dear friends. We do realize that, guess what? There are a lot more of us than there are of them. I'm not used to somebody saying so many nice things about me, so I'm really kind of off my game. (laughs) Um, uh, Mark and Patty really are unique people. Um, I've already seen so many familiar faces from this great fight that we're all in together, this fight to save our country, to refound our country, to teach our kids and our grandkids that this is a God-blessed country, to try to reignite the spark in our country and amongst our fellow citizens that America's worth fighting for. And they've somehow knocked that out of us. And it's because of people like you that I have to say, I'm pessimistic about a lot of things. I'm not pessimistic about America's future. I'm concerned about the long term because they've done so much to destroy the foundations but I'm less concerned about the short term because I think what happened to a lot of us, myself included, is I woke up. I was in a haze. I was assuming that everything in America would always kind of be on a good path and it would get better and the country would always be there and the Constitution was enshrined and 
people had certain things in common, and I've really woken up and been radicalized. Much to the cancel culture, I have to say, to a certain extent, it's been a good thing in the sense that we are woken up to this, this really, really serious battle that we're in. And we put this documentary together, uh, Culture Killers. You can actually watch it on Prime Video. It's a 40-minute documentary. And, you know, I, we were watching the trailer back there, and I almost started to cry. Like, I thought to myself, I remember going to this press conference where we were in front of the National School Board Association with parents from Loudoun County. How many of you all from Virginia? Where are my Virginia people? Yay! And, uh, By the way, you guys, all, you guys all saved the country. You all you know saved you that state. And quite frankly, those women that went up there, these parents didn't want to get politically involved. We know that. They wanted to raise their kids quietly, have them go to a safe school, and then all of a sudden, they were put in the front of the line to basically say, you need to stop indoctrinating our children. You need to stop with this whole gender radicalization at the age of five. Uh, you need to stop with critical race theory. I remember these parents would go up there with their notes and their hands were shaking, telling these horrific story of pornographic books being included in school libraries where they couldn't even talk about what was in the books because the school board members would say, nope, that's too much. But yet you're letting our kids read it. And so thank God for those parents who saved that state and I believe will be saving America in this next election. But let me tell you a phenomenon that's happening and you all need to be very, very open to this. They're not gonna call you patriots the left. They're gonna call you far right. You read every single news article right now, we'll take the Brazilian election of Bolsonaro against Lula Literally, the words they use is Bolsonaro's far right, Lula center left. The first woman Italian prime minister, far right. Let me make this clear. If you believe in borders, how many of you believe in borders in a nation? If you're pro-life, if you believe in family structure, intact family structures, if you believe even in lower taxes, you know what they call you? Far right. And you know what they did for these Latina women who are running now in many of these wonderful uh, districts like Myra, Myra Flores, Yesli Vega, these are superstars in the conservative movement right now. They call them far right Latinas for being pro-America, pro-life, and pro-family. So this is what we're facing is that it is no longer that we're conservatives or patriots. The left, they are going to bully us and target us and call us horrific names as they have done for the past several years. And it is our job to fight back against these elites, fight back against this liberal media that continues to try to define us, and fight back against a president who has told every single MAGA Republican, including Grandma Sue, who's his mom, and Abuela Maria, which is my mom, to basically say, you all are fascist. That is not acceptable here in America. And we have to make sure that they are stopped in their tracks. Yes. The, uh...
By the way, my wife definitely believes in borders. Uh, don't worry about it. Boundaries. Um, she tells me I'm, I've crossed the line kind of on a regular basis. Uh, when I get done with a TV interview or something, uh, I have the fear of walking in the threshold with this communications expert. And she's kind of like letting me know like the answers that maybe could have been a little different or whatever. Uh, and uh, we do, I think I agree with Mark, we have uh, a unique relationship, it's a wonderful relationship. Uh, when Mercy came into my life, it really changed my life. Oh. And, uh, and then she brought these five daughters with her, and then my life really well, got Well, there are children together. I didn't just bring them. <laughs> I wasn't like, here, honey, here are five girls. Well, now you, you know, the husbands them. are I always... I mean, you are the father. But you know the husbands that, right? are always reminded that, you know, we don't do that much to, you know, bring them into the world. And, oh. and the way the world is today, you know, there's... You're not really allowed to be a man. Isn't that part of what the whole thing is? Well, apparently you can get pregnant too now, Schlapp. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We need some toxic masculinity. Does anybody agree? I think it'd be actually a very positive thing. But we, uh, one of the things that's interesting about our relationship is that um, we've literally traveled the world together. This whole, what we call the CPAC movement, we're proud of it, obviously, because we're very involved with it, but um, it's really an American movement. And um, people ask all the time, we used to call ourselves the American Conservative Union. And I could always get into left-wing things because they thought we were a union. And that had its advantages. But over time, I thought this word conservative is not as important as the word American. Like, if we can't agree on America, then we shouldn't even get into this what kind of American you are. Because we're now having a, a, this struggle over the fact of what's America, right? And by the way, that struggle isn't just within America. It's all over the world. So we've done these CPACs in... Brazil, in Korea, in Japan, we protested with those brave students who are either in jail or dead in Hong Kong, which was just the most tragic thing to, to see up, uh, unfold. We went to Hungary, we're going to Mexico uh, next month. I literally just returned from Australia. Let me just give you an idea about what's going on in Australia. Uh, that event over the course of the last three years has become the largest grassroots event in Australia. Uh, they're pretty laid-back folks. They like their beer. They're pretty friendly. They don't really do anything in politics other than say you're doing a good job. After those vaccine mandates and the lockdowns and the people we saw on Twitter and on social media being beaten for leaving their houses, um, they woke up to what's going on, this attack on freedoms around the country. And what's happening in Australia is their version of the Republican Party got their butts kicked for going along with the left on all those policies. And it was interesting, I was in the back of the stage, much like this, a room similar to this, and um, everything's bigger in America, by the way, let's just face it. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, I'm in the back with my friends um, from CPAC Australia, and they're struggling with this idea that they're in grave conflict with their political allies in a political party, right? And I said, welcome to the battle. We, most of us are Republicans because we have a two-party system. And I'm a proud Republican. But the elephant is always making me mad. And, and our job as outside agitators and activists is to be, we pick the party we want to associate with, but whether it's Convention of States or CPAC or whatever these other grassroots groups are, our job is to get and fight for the principles. The party is always going to put principles second. It's just the way it is. They're going to put politics first, principles second. Our job always 
is to put the policies and the moral cause first and the politics second. And and the final thing you should know with all these great activists from around the world, you might say, well, we've got enough problems in our country. Why are you going around the world? Focus on America. Let me tell you why. The whole world is in this fight with us. Everybody loves freedom. Everybody knows that God put them on this earth for a reason, is rooting for all of you in this room. Because they all know if America continues to slide, they are all doomed. You have a lot on your shoulders. And that's why I say together, we're going to turn this thing around. In this, you know, the globalists, they have their, what is it, New World Order. The World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum, Davos. And then I think what we have witnessed is this global phenomenon on the conservative, with the conservative movement across the globe. I'll, t- I'll share with you one of my favorite stories. I was in CPAC, Brazil. They were talking Portuguese. I only know how to, you know, I know English and Spanish. That's about it. And then, uh, and all of a sudden you're hearing, la, 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 fake news. And everyone just goes, ah. And you're just going, you realize that what we're facing here, they're facing across the globe. You're realizing that they're pushing these extreme curriculums in these schools, in these other nations, and it's happening now here in America. Let me make this very clear. The leftists, they will not stop stop. until they change this country, they take our children from us, and they decide the agenda for this nation. And this agenda is that agenda is so scary. And I think for all of us in this room, we're all looking at this, scratching our heads going, how did it change so fast? Yeah. How did this happen? Not in my lifetime. And you look at these kids, and let me tell you something. Any of your grandkids, your kids, your nephews and nieces, get them off of TikTok immediately. Okay? They are replacing God with TikTok in their lives. And that propaganda coming in from the Chinese and from the, that propaganda from the left, it is infiltrating these kids' minds. And we have to do everything we can to stay close to our children, stay close to our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, and speak the truth. And let them know that, yes, you, you, you know, we've met one, you were, you were with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and you all worked on this uh, Protecting the Innocence Act, which is making you guys sure. Know about, do you know about this bill? Important bill. Go ahead. No, you were, you were doing well, such a good were, job, you just but I interrupted oh, yes, you. Yes, you but. did. Um, <laughs> this is how it is in the morning, except he's going to tweet something out, and I'm like, can you just say a Hail Mary before you tweet anything out, please? Like, I don't need a bad news day today. But, you know, it, it is about stopping child mutilation. It is about stopping these hospitals and these doctors from pushing hormone blockers on these kids and puberty blockers on these kids. It is so tragic what they're doing, causing all this chaos and confusion and depression and isolation in these children's lives. And what they're missing is so basic. It's God. It's faith. It's true. It's love of neighbor and love of each other. And I think what the COVID lockdown taught our family is it made us pray together every night. It made us open up the Bible every morning and really look to the Lord's word to guide us in everything that we do. And it's why when the left goes and tries to destroy our family and they put me on an execution list after I worked for President Trump at the White House and in the campaign, and they've threatened our children, we never back down. 
we fought even harder because they want to intimidate us. They want to intimidate all of you. And we can't allow that to happen because guess what? We've got the shield. We've got the sword. We've got the faith. And we are ready for battle. So uh, there's a couple of important things uh, Mercy just said there. First of all, uh, I'm guilty of sugarcoating, candy coating, being careful. Uh, no, you're so, not at all. It's I don't true. know what you're talking about. No, it's true because I, things are stark, but sometimes you take a few steps away from explaining how stark it is. But you all don't need to be told this, but I feel the need to say it. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's simple. It's in the Bible. It's in every human story that's been told in the whole time of uh, the human race. The ideas that we're facing are very foundational, right? And they're doing everything they can, the evil one and the allies, to discourage you, to say there's no use, to say I'm just going to run to the mountains. And by the way, we run to the mountains a lot, but you've got to run back from the mountains after you get to the mountains, okay? You can't stay there yet. Uh, they're trying to do everything they can to discourage you. One of the things about the movie is we didn't do the documentary so we could all just get depressed together, go to the bar and say, it's over. We did the movie because there's too many people that are walking around society we're in, and they know it's not right, but they can't put their finger on it. They know something's wrong with their kids or their grandkids or the way the supply chain is working or the way the president is not talking as I say, we have a president who can't read cue cards and a vice president who has no clue cards. This is, not, this is not normal. None of this is normal. None of this is right. All of this has the veil, right, of dishonesty all over it. And we, when we went through, I mean, Mercy went through the years of working in the Trump White House. Yes, she is on assassination list, which I think is obnoxious, never gets covered in the media. People are allowed to uh, recklessly claim that they're going to do terrible things to my wife and my children. Nobody ever says anything, right? But if anybody on our side of politics says anything close to be aggressive or demonstrates over the, their belief in voter ID, or you name what it is, you can sit in jail for years. I have friends, you have friends who are getting subpoenaed left and right because of their political views, not because they committed any legal infractions because they have a certain political view which is out of bounds. And the reason we did the documentary is because I had a lot of commercial relationships and the left decided that I was getting to whatever. They wanted to stop me. And they, they hired, I assume, this blogger to come after me every day. And they called every commercial relationship I had and they called them and said, you are doing business with an avowed racist. Now why was I an avowed racist? because I'm not just white, my hair is white. I'm like really white. I'm full-scale white. Didn't matter who I was married to, but they, uh, they decided that I was the poster boy uh, for being a racist. And why? Because when Black Lives Matter burned down churches, when they desecrated Jewish cemeteries, when they defaced statues of our Savior's mother, when they did these things, when Mitt Romney marched for nine months of legal abortion in this country, and as we soon learned, that was also post-birth abortion in the Commonwealth of Virginia with that terrible governor we had. I'm so glad that we have a one-term limit in Virginia, by the way. The, um, when all of that happened, I took to Twitter and said, this is not 
combating racism. This is combating America. They're not trying to heal racism. They're trying to destroy America. And when we lost these commercial relationships, one after the other, these painful phone calls I would get with people telling me like what a terrible person I was. You know, you can either crawl under a rock and feel sorry for yourself, or you can get angry. And I got angrier and angrier. It was a good anger, by the way. Not one of those angers that's like, it was I felt the need to say, I'm not going to take this. And one of these uh, people, one of these uh, commercial relationships I had was a longtime friend, like 20 years. And I was sitting in my office, and he said, um, we have to fire you because we believe in racial equality. And I was like, you really been hanging around with a bigot for 20 years, and you waited till now to tell me? <laughs> and uh, we proceeded to have this very unhealthy conversation. And um, I got obstinate, and I hung up the phone, and I was sitting there at my desk just like saying, I, you feel like the rocks are falling on you in our society, don't you? You feel it professionally. You feel it when you're out there talking. It's like nothing's right. And he texted me after the phone call, and he said, look, We've been friends for 20 years. I know that that was a hard call, but I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> and I said, we are not friends. You're trying to destroy this country, and I'm trying to help heal the country. And that is what we were facing, our friends, our family, the people we act, we live with, and everything else. They're ripping the place apart. We have to be equal to that challenge. We have to heal it. We have to bring it together. And we have to get on our knees every day and ask for God's help in the battle. And so it's part of what CPAC has done. Go ahead. Let's clap. Let's go. Let it all out. <laughs> um, part of what CPAC has done is uh, Matt's team sent a letter over to every single Republican, those who are going to be running for leadership positions, committee you know, for committee chairman as well, uh, saying, don't meet with these woke corporations. Make a pledge not to meet with these woke corporations un unless they change their position when it comes to paying for abortion on demand and all the travel, and they change their positions on voter ID, and they stop this child mutilation and supporting that as well. These woke companies no longer stand for American interest. It is all about trying to belong in this globalist elite world and failing to even listen to their customers. And so CPAC has decided we're taking on the woke corporations and you Republicans, let me tell you something, the corp companies didn't give a dime to Republicans. Why? Because it was January 6th and they were all insurrectionists and we can't help you Republicans. And so what do we have to do as Republicans and conservatives? Tell them, change your ways or we're not going to deal with you. That's right. No, I remember one, uh, one company called me and fired me on January 6th. And they said, we hold you responsible for what's going on at the Capitol. It's really going on. I was like, I don't know. Take a look at me. I'm not exactly like your poster child for a guy scaling the Capitol. I mean, I don't, I'm in my house. I don't really know what you're talking about. But the fact is, is this. They want to slander all of us. And... Uh, you know, Walmart came out recently and said they'd pay for nine months of abortion, and they, their lawyers are so clever. They made it sound like it was just uh, abortion in certain cases, but it's nine months, travel, nice hotel room. And one of, the, one of the people that worked there called a great friend of mine and said, well, you might be pro-life, but, you know, the, um, 
The fact is it's unfair for our women employees in red states because you know, they, just, they don't have access, basically, to, to kill their child. And, and I just thought, this is where these companies are. They love the red state for the lower taxes and the fact that all those employees are nice and they show up on time and they don't steal, right? And it's like, they all want to live there and they want to enjoy these states that we have all created. Um, but yet they still want to go to Hollywood and New York City and the Hamptons and bow down to the, to the uh, idol of woke. And here's what I've learned, and Phil Lieberman's sitting here in the front row. Phil, you've helped teach this to me. But when we sent our most recent letter to Walmart, we didn't just send it to the head of government affairs. We didn't just send it to the general counsel. We didn't just send it to the CEO. We did the hard work, and we found every home address for every board member. And everyone got one. And I found out afterwards, this is really great, this makes me so happy, they were having a retreat all together when these letters all hit, and apparently it caused quite a flurry of activity. And that letter has caused a lot of flurry of activity in corporate boardrooms. The question is, it hasn't created a flurry of activity within Republican circles, because they're still trying to figure out, when we get all this power, do we use our power or do we do what we normally do? Cower, ask them to please be nice to us and start giving us money. We actually don't want their money. We actually want the activists. And we need the Republicans, as they come into power, to say, look, it's not that you can't talk to someone or play around round of golf with them or you can be friendly to them. Don't do their bidding anymore. Stop. They're wrecking this country apart. Stop being their ally. They're not your ally. They're not my ally. They're not this country's ally. They're, they're what's his name? Hans, whatever his name from the World Economic Forum, they're his ally. That's whose ally they are. So let's figure out, yeah, Václav Klaus, what's his name? Schlapp. Klaus, Klaus Schwab. <laughs> My last name is Schlapp. I really should know this. I don't know how I riffed on that. But the point is, is this, they, um, they've got to hold the line. So I, maybe a challenge to everyone in this room, unofficially, is let's work together to make sure the Republican Party, as it comes in, doesn't reward the woke behavior right. by turning around immediately and assuming that the agenda coming out of the business roundtable or the chamber of commerce or whatever else is our agenda, because it is not. Okay, so wrapping up, Matt, uh, you're, I really do follow your political, you know, whenever you're saying what's gonna happen in 2022, your predictions, I want you to share what you think is gonna happen in these November elections. I think it's actually kind of simple. Um, I'm a simple person. Uh, we try to make everything so complicated in politics. Um, how many cycles in a row have the polls been wrong? Every one of them. Like eight years? Yeah. Uh, Robert Haley was mentioned. He's an outlier to that. The McLaughlin brothers are an outlier to that. Rasmussen is an outlier to that. Fox is terrible. Um, so I look at these polls, they haven't changed. There was two articles, one in the Washington Post, the Washington New York Times, I apologize, yes, I read them from time to time. And this was pollsters saying basically they've tried to tinker with their models, but everyone anonymously said the same thing, or off the record, um, uh, that they haven't made enough of the changes. So what that tells you is, is that the reason why polls are wrong, why are they wrong? They're wrong because if you watch our documentary and you see, if you can literally lose your job because you go to a pro-life church, what's going to happen when you get on the phone and say you're voting for some madman like Blake Masters or something? You know, we all know what's going to happen. And for those of you in this room, it's not a problem. But for the people that are just a little less sure about politics, it's a big problem. 
and uh, especially when there's divisions in their families and everything else. So we don't answer these questions like they do. And that affects all these polls, 2 or 3%. What's the second thing um, I know? They ain't got nothing. They ain't got nothing. How do I know that? Because Joe Biden went and stood in front of that hallowed hall, Independence Hall, lit up like devil red, and called us what? Semi-fascists, like you said, call my 82-year-old mom because she's a pro-life Trump voter, a semi-fascist, calls us King MAGA, Ultra MAGA. What did we do? We were told by the people we listen to on TV, they're feeling good, they're feeling cocky, they're getting it back. The blue team's feeling optimistic. They said his polling is getting better. Joe Biden's polling has not gotten better. The only thing that happened is Democrats we said, okay, that's right, I am. the Biden voters said, yeah, I am for Biden. That's about the only change that happens in politics. I'm pretty confident about how we're going to do in November. I never thought we were going to get all those Biden voters. That to, to try to spin that into the fact that they've got their act together is wrong. So why is he saying that language? That is the most defensive posture a president can take. He's basically saying to his Praetorian guard, hang out around me because we almost might lose everything, but let's hold on to the most hardcore of our seats by going after 60% of Americans and calling them names. That's because they acknowledge they're about ready to get their butts kicked. So when we see that, feel confidence that actually they know how bad it is. Finally, just remember this. I'm somebody who saw the election cheating firsthand. I went in dubious and I came out dumbstruck with the extent of the cheating in Nevada. I don't know if any of you are here from Nevada. You're going to win all those races. Do you agree? I think you're going to do really well. God bless Nevada. None of us believe in cheating, but if we were tempted to cheat, would you ever cheat if you're about ready to have a smashing victory? No. People who have the character to cheat, cheat when they know that's the difference maker. Why did they cheat so much? Because there's a lot more of us than there are of them. It's so simple. That's why they did it. So let's learn the lesson of 2020, which is even they know there's more of you than there are of them. So let's turn out in record numbers. And I often have said this, this election is the emergency break election. We won't be able to change everything. We'll be able to stop a lot. This is step one. Step two comes two years later. If we don't get it done in 2024, then I'm going to start to get seriously depressed about our future. Don't get overconfident after this and think we've got it. we got to double down for 2024 after. So we want to thank you all so much. First of all, because you're the Calvary. You're what's going to bring it home. Bring more. Bring more friends into the fold. Keep talking about the issues. Use Convention of States. Use CPAC as a resource. We have daily programming on well, our invite shows. Invite everyone to come. On CPAC.org. And we also have a podcast, America Uncancelled, with Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. They're 15 minutes. Get Quick Politics. KT McFarland is joining our programming, too. We're expanding our programming. Make sure you have all the facts you need to keep making the cases because the people, they trust you. The voters trust you. You are the game changers. You are the ones who will deliver these victories in these states. And so you have all of our love, our prayer, our support to get the job done.
because we will be victorious, hence the red dress, come November with a big red wave because of all the incredible work that you all are doing to make sure that the government stays out of our lives and make sure that the parents and grandparents and our beautiful Americans take back our families and our institutions so that we can make sure that America is not just an America of yesterday or today, but of the future for our children and that we will continue to be the beacon of hope and freedom Amen. in the world. God bless you all. And, and one final thing, CPAC March 1st through 4th in the nation's capital. Mark and Patty will You're be all there. invited, come be with us, okay? Thanks. We're Thank gonna be you. celebrating in March. Thank you all, Thanks. God bless. To learn more, visit conventionofstates.com slash pod.